Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go and Chua Tian Tian with you. Uh, in just a while, we'll talk a little bit about REITs on Market View. But for now, Tian Tian, let's recap how we started the day. Right, so Singapore shares rose in the first few minutes of trade today following a mixed performance in global markets. Now, this really coming on the back of investors taking comfort in the fact that First Citizens Bank shares would acquire Silicon Valley Bank's deposit and loans, allaying concerns over the banking sector. Now, after the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed up 0.51%. We're looking at 3,255 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.08 billion. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 283 versus 243. Top advances, Jardine Psycho and Carriage, UOB and Cortina. And top decliners, Venture Corp, Great Eastern and SES. Now, in terms of companies to watch, Elliot, you mentioned about REITs. Yes, we have Menu Life US REIT because the REITs manager said none of its lenders is a regional bank in the US. But really, to what extent has the ongoing banking crisis in the US affected SGX listed REITs and in particular those that are exposed to the US and Europe. Mm. So meanwhile, we are also seeing a number of privatisation offers for companies listed in Singapore. Why is this the case? We'll pose all of these questions to our guest for today, David Poe, Head of Investment and ESG Strategies, South Asia at Amandi, joins us on the show. David, welcome. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Great to have you on as well. So David, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Uh, as you mentioned earlier, it was relatively flat. It rose and closed the up by 0.5% today. Commodities and banks were leading the gainers and REITs as well as tech underperformed. Uh, you can expect uh, because of energy prices, commodities do uh, get a lift from here. On the banking sector, uh, because of what happened in the US and the calm that has been put on in placed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, uh, everybody is now having a bit of uh, ease of the concern. Also uh, partly because of the uh, bailing of uh, Credit Suisse by UBS, uh, a lot of market participants uh, believe that uh, the wealth management aspects of the local bank sale will probably get a lot more market share gain. You have, you have seen uh, family offices uh, doubling more than double over the past few years. So this uh, positive uh, regulatory environment, the ease of doing business, as well as um, some of the uh, regulatory, uh, such as the, the philanthropy tax donation as announced by our Deputy Prime Minister in February, these are all mm-hmm. very positive uh, sentiments that will lead to a lot more uh, wealth management growth for the uh, local banks. Mm. Uh, speaking of positive, yeah. David, uh, your thoughts on uh, the biggest movers on the STI today? Any of it surprise you or stand out for you? No, nothing uh, really stand out at all. Mm. Um, the U.S. market has been a bit jittery and still uh, the market participants is still trying to digest what is the aftermath of uh, the additional tier one ratio mm. that has been wiped out in, in, uh, in Credit Suisse case. And MES really stepped up uh, very fast and very early to say that uh, we will respect the hierarchy of the capital structure. And that one put a lot of uh, con- ease, a lot of concerns for market participants. That is uh, really very positive uh, in terms of what the regulators are doing. Uh, in terms of, um, I think the market is also still very worried. Mm. of a lot of risk out there. Uh, firstly, you have the geopolitical tensions uh, between uh, Russia and Ukraine, and then you have uh, the president of China, Xi Jinping, went to visit uh, Russia. 
and you have uh, North Korea firing missiles when there were some military deals going on uh, between uh, US and South Korea. So that is one aspect. The geopolitical tensions continue to rise. Uh, energy prices, food prices remain uh, very high and that mm, cause right. a lot of inflationary fears. Mm. So this inflation may translate if translate into more hikes, more U.S. Uh, rate hikes, more central banks hike in the U.S., in Europe, as well as in Asia. And will that lead to a recession globally? It's still, uh, it's still very difficult to mm. tell. Um, rising interest rate naturally tighten liquidity. When liquidity dries up, uh, a lot of people will feel the pinch and, and that will mean a lot more pain. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't tighten too much. That it leads to a liquidity crunch. So, right. tightening of liquidity and liquidity crunch are mm. totally two different uh, things. Mm. Uh, at the moment, we still believe that the market will continue to chuck along uh, at the moment. Mm. So, I want to zoom in on two things you mentioned about US and you also right. mentioned about pain. So, uh, speaking of mm. that, I want to talk about the banking uh, crisis, if you call it that way, in the US. Uh, many live US reads set in a bond filing that none of its lenders is a regional bank in the U.S. after it received multiple queries following news of U.S. regional banks' troubles and concerns over U.S.-based real estate funds. Uh, to what extent has or will the ongoing banking turmoil affect SGX-listed REITs and in particular those with a larger exposure to U.S. and Europe? Uh, it's a very good question uh, because um, the real the REIT sector is supposedly a very safe haven, safe mm. instrument to invest because of the the nature of the business. Uh, they, they buy properties, they do up the properties and then partition it to raise the rental yield, raise the, uh, the number of units that they can rent it out. And from there, whatever they get in terms of the rental, they can then dish it out in terms of uh, dividend to, to the investors. And along the way, if some of these uh, investment properties do rise in value, they can realize the capital gains by selling them out, realize certain capital, and then from there, redeploy this capital again into uh, higher yielding assets to generate more income again for investors. So it's, it's supposedly a very safe uh, haven uh, asset class. Mm. Now, in this particular case, uh, is one one has to understand: is this a idiosyncratic risk? As in, is this an isolated event, or will this lead to a systematic risk that will cause global uh, problem? Uh, our view in Amundi is we don't think so. We believe that this is. Uh, not a systematic risk that has happened in 2008, the global mm. financial crisis, partly because the cause of this event is really different. If you refer back to uh, 2008, it's all about credit, it's all about credit uh, default uh, obligations. It's about leveraging to the maximum where one person can buy five, six properties and then leverage it to the hilt. In today's environment, it is not. It has got nothing to do with leverage. It has nothing to do with credit. It's more an unfortunate event that uh, one particular van, uh, bank that was exposed to uh, investing mm -hmm. in long-term uh, uh, treasury bonds. And when there was a bank run, a huge withdrawal of uh, deposits is required. They cannot meet the liquidity. So we believe that this is only an idiosyncratic event and not a systematic event. Uh, so being, go back to your question about re-exposure. Um, to really understand REIT, we have to go back to what Amundi believes. Uh, yes, in, we always believe in doing our own homework, doing a strong fundamental research on any sector. Uh, we believe in bottom-up discipline research in security selection. 
Uh, in portfolio construction, we always believe in a diversified portfolio for long-term approach to general return. So for this particular case in the REIT sector, you have to really identify in this REIT, how are they exposed to in terms of geographies? Are they in the US, in Europe or Asia? And not only that, which sector are they exposed to? Are they exposed to the residential sector or is it in the commercial sector and are they in logistics or warehousing or are they in hospitality as in the hotels or are they invested in uh, in office uh, rentals? Right, so David, and granted, that one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, granted that yes. uh, different, com- uh, different REITs may have different exposure and uh, mm-hmm. different portfolio. Generally, are Singapore SGX listed REITs, particularly those REITs uh, dominated in US dollars as well, are those REITs uh, generally resilient against these uh, ongoing turmoil? Yes, we believe so. Uh, as long as the risks do not get exposed in, in terms of their healthy, in terms mm-hmm. of their balance sheet, which is what I want to talk about next, right? So you, we, we discussed earlier about the top line as in the sales. How much, where are they exposed to? And what is the rental yield? And what is the number of, what is the occupancy rate of their, of their investment properties? The next thing we have to highlight is how are they exposed to in terms of cost? And how is their balance sheet? Are they really heavily geared? I would, we would never want to advocate buying something that has got a very high leverage because as interest rate rise, all your earnings, all your revenue is going to go down to pay off your interest. So uh, any, any REIT that has got very high gearing, we tend to be a bit more worried. And those that has got very low gearing, we too is a bit worried because they are not maximizing mm. the taxation that is allowed for REITs. So there must be an optimal debt capital structure, as in mm. there must be an optimal level of uh, debt that a company can absorb. Not too much and not too little. So this is one aspect that we really understand this. Mm. So uh, for, your, for your question, are the Singapore REITs exposed to this? Yes, some of them are. But I wouldn't say that because of this event, idiosyncratic event, we are not going to be exposed to the risk sector. So we mm. have to study case by case basis. Mm, David, just like porridge, just gonna be just right. Uh, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about uh, about yes. Singapore, David, if you don't mind. Uh, it's gone at ninety five point five percent in shareholding interests of Bassett Projects, uh, while GK Go's independent directors are recommending shareholders to accept an offer by its founder to take the company private. So it. In terms of these privatization offers going on for SGX listed companies, why are we seeing this trend at the moment? A lot of this majority shareholder owned by these owners, they, when as long as they see value in their company and the market is not pricing in what they perceive as value, they may as well take the private the company's private and then re and and realize the value themselves. It doesn't make sense for someone to offer something at a premium if there's, a, if there's no value in it. Mm. So there is a mispricing in that sense. Uh, if you look at the Singapore stock market, the index is trading at about, what, 13 times price earnings. Uh, if you compare to, say, the past few years, the average P.E. ratio ranges between 15 to 19 times. So on a general level, the market is already at a cheaper discount. In fact, it's trading at one standard deviation below the average uh, standard mean in mm. terms of valuation. So some of these companies, the reason why they want to take it private is, as a private owner, I realize I think that there is more value in the company than what the market is pricing in. Mm. So if I got some spare cash, instead of redeploying my spare cash somewhere else, I must well redeploy my cash and take this company's private. Mm. 
And by taking it private, I can move uh, do away with the regulatory reporting. I can uh, there is a lot more control. I can control the company and take it to a different levels. And when the market uh, when the market valuation comes back to a more favorable environment. I may then relist it again at a much higher valuation. So this is how uh, markets pers- do it, right? If I'm a bigger shareholder, I must take it private if I think mm. that there is uh, more value in it. Mm. And let's take a look at some of the headlines around the world, David. Bank customers, yeah. uh, they have shifted their deposits uh, from smaller U.S. banks to larger U.S. banks amid the banking crisis. If, you look at, mm. uh, if we look at weekly data collected by the Fed, it showed large banks gained $120 billion U.S. dollars in deposits. Smaller counterparts lost $109 billion U.S. dollars. How concerned should we be about this movement and, and deposits? Yeah, first thing, it's uh, small is beautiful, but big is better. Uh, So in this case, um, again, yeah, uh, small is beautiful, big is better. In this case, uh, because of the uh, confidence uh, that has been eroded, so a lot of them are very worried about their deposits uh, not getting back if the bank were to collapse. And that's how you see the funds being being flowed from a smaller bank to a bigger bank. Uh, it is natural. In in any capital market, it's the same thing. Mm. When there's a rising capital market, small caps tend to outperform the bigger caps. But when there is a crisis, big caps tend to outperform the smaller cap because of the size. Mm. Uh, same thing when you go into the into the sea when there's a big huge wave coming the two men seated the sampan will rock like crazy whereas the big yacht doesn't so in mm. times of crisis yes the bigger pe- bigger platform will do better mm. and how concerned are we uh, we are not that concerned because we think that this is an idiosyncratic event it will not lead to a systematic event and I really applaud the regulators, uh, the SMB, the MAS, because they are coming very fast, very swift, and it came with a lot of uh, good intention to prevent any more uh, contingent effect. So this is really different from 2008, where um, when if you remember the Lehman crisis, where everybody, mm. the Fed was still trying to find out what's happening and they don't have a solution. But this time around, it's not a reaction, but something proactive. They've done it, they've learned their lesson and do it very fast, very quick to stamp out any more uh, risk. And like I said, I applaud what the regulators have, have done. Uh, if not, mm. things could have gone worse. So at least now we know that everything is contained. Uh, in the US, uh, there's already some merger right. going on. In, in Europe, same thing. Uh, uh, there's a billion of uh, credits by UBS, and that one contained the whole thing within a certain region. It doesn't explode. Uh, similarly, in mm. Singapore, uh, MES came out to say that you know, they will honor the capital structure, and that is mm. the concern, which is what is required in any crisis. And mm, this is what right. is required in the banking yeah. sector. Confidence and trust is utmost important. Mm. And, uh, well, David, and, uh, yeah, David, yeah. so sorry, I only have about 30 seconds to go, but I really want to right. get to this question and take us to China okay. because China's anti-graph All agency right. will inspect some of the country's biggest and most important state-owned enterprises, and that includes uh, China Investment and Petrol China. What can we expect on this front? 
I I like this. Uh, I always like this uh, reform thing because mm-hmm. it really goes to show what the Chinese government is trying to do. Uh, the objective is not a crackdown. Okay, mm-hmm. the object is not a crackdown, but the objective is to really to increase the efficiencies and to remove any excesses and to remove any leakages, and that will improve the returns and the profitability of uh, these SOEs, mm-hmm. and that will be very good for the companies, not only for the SOE per se, but in the broader scope for the entire economy. Uh, the banks will no longer be dragged down by these inefficiencies of these uh, uh, lower, even efficient SOE. In fact, the whole economy should do much better if, if this thing can be done effectively. Alright, thanks very much David for the insights. That was David Poe, Head of Investment and ESG Strategies Welcome. South Asia at Amandi. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.